Hi, Dionza. We're from Phoenix, Arizona. Glory to God. Uh, Pastor in a, a wild church down there, amen? You guys look like you have the wild saloon, but you haven't seen nothing yet, amen? <laughs> Wait till y'all come down to Phoenix, Arizona and see what we got, amen? Also, we have with us Jim and Margie from our church there in, uh, hallelujah, glory to God. Welcome. <clears throat> Get to know them. They're good people, amen? I'll tell you what, we are in the discipling business, amen? God's doing great things in our lives in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. We're excited, amen? I'll tell you what, how many can be honest and say at times in your life, in your walk with God, you feel like you've been run over by a truck? Now, you, the rest of you are just liars, Amen? I said, how many can feel, honestly, feel like you've been run over by a truck? Okay, let me just rephrase that for a minute. Maybe it's a steamroller that you've been run over by. Hallelujah. Okay, there we go. Now I got the rest of you there. Amen. Hallelujah. But you know what? The, the Word of God is so true. I mean, it's so powerful. Amen. We have so much uh, wealth to hold on to. Uh, the promises of God. Amen. How He speaks. And, and really, His Word has been spoken into our life. His word has been uh, set place. Everything is in order for us to sit down at his dinner table and enjoy uh, the buffet that he has for us. Amen. As you can see, I like to eat. Glory to God. Amen. But uh, I know I'm in good company today. You know, I was, I was coming into town. Uh, we came in just a little bit early, my wife and I and our kids. Amen. We're coming down. We come down to visit our son Landon. And, uh, you know, it, it, I, I began to think, and I'm just praying, asking God, Lord, what is it that you'd have me to minister on? And a simple thought came uh, to my mind, and, and it just began to touch me. And I, I got to thinking about in life, if you have a horse that can pull, and Jimmy, you'd probably definitely know this one, but if you have a horse that can pull 600 pounds, and then you bring another horse that can pull another 800 pounds, how many pounds are you pulling? Oh, where's the mathematician now? Well, someone's saying 1,400 and someone's shaking their head no. Because you have to understand that when you are with God, amen, first of all, there's more power in a 600-pound horse and an 800-pound horse than just 1,400 pounds of pulling force, Amen. Because when they work together, let me tell you something, it's stronger than we can even imagine. Hallelujah. It's not like, you know, just getting a, a truck over here and a truck over here. Let's see what we can do. This one's supposed to do this. That one's supposed to. No, when you put it together, when you put your life together with another person's life that is going in the right direction, let me tell you something. We can go a long way for God. Amen. And I want you to hold on to that thought for just a moment. We're going to get into the word here in just a moment, but I want you to think about that. I want you to put that in mind with what is our vision? What is the vision of Victory World Outreach? What is our pastor's vision? See, this isn't just about my vision. This isn't about your vision. But what is my pastor's vision? Hallelujah. The Bible says, uh, you know, in, in the apostle Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. You know, we are following men of God. Hallelujah. I've been raised in this ministry for 40 years, and I've seen God do mighty and powerful things, not only in the lives of people, but in my own life. Through obedience, through allowing God to do what he says he's going to do in my life. Amen. You know, it's easy to, easy to just believe, but it's another thing to walk in it. Amen. And I like to live my life by not just doing the work myself, but putting two horses together that can do more than I can do by myself. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So keep that thought in mind, and, and at the end of this message, I'm going to just bring that back up for just a moment. But let's turn, if we would, to Matthew chapter 18 in the Word this morning. I was so encouraged, you know, to hear some Bibles, uh, the pages turning in your Bibles this morning. Amen? You know, in some churches you go to, it's just a, all a digital Bible. And I, I get it. I understand. And, and that's okay. But, you know, there's, there's something about having the Bible in your hand. And if you were raised like I was raised, you definitely need something in your hand because you might need it to whoop somebody. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen? I mean, you know, isn't that right, Uncle Bill? We need it. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm not going to stand alone. Glory to God. Let's read what the Word says in Matthew 18, verse 18. It says, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Verse 20 says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Glory to God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This word was given to my wife and I uh, many years ago when we began in, in ministry. And uh, I'm going to tell you something. We've held on to this because I'll be honest with you. We cannot do this alone. Amen. There's no way in, in, in I'm just setting my timer here because I am obedient. Hallelujah. Amen. But my wife and I, throughout the years, you know, we've, we, we're, we're confident in what we do because God has called us to do this. Amen? There's no doubt we believe that God has called us to minister the gospel. We started years ago in, in San Jose, Costa Rica, when Pastor Blake uh, heard from God and, and decided, hey, it's time to go home. God, God brought him here to Dallas. And we see the evidence of, of, of what God called him to do. I mean, we see God doing something great here. We stepped into that realm. We stepped in and we answered the call of God. And we said, Lord, we cannot do this alone, God, but we need friends. We need family. We need pastors. We need people to speak into our lives to help us get through this trial that we're faced in our life. Amen? It's a difficult thing. Listen, this isn't just a, a peachy life being a pastor. I mean, you know, studying and praying, as Pastor Dylan was saying, uh, you know, those are very important facts of our life. And you're, you're not going to go far in ministry if you do not pray. A prayerless pastor is a weak pastor, amen? A, a, a pastor that doesn't read his word or apply himself to the word of God is a pastor that is not going to go far in life. You can have charisma. You can have personality. You can have everything that this, this world has to offer, but if you are not applying yourself to the Word of God, I didn't say let the Word apply itself to you, but you have to apply yourself to the Word first. Amen? You have to dig in. So this morning, I want to minister a message, that, and you can title it, God has something bigger and better for each and every one of us in this place. And you can write it down on the wall in your bathroom, in your house, in your kitchen. God has something bigger, and he has something better for me. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19, it says, forget the former things. It says, do not dwell on the past. I got news for you today. There's a lot of Christians today sitting in the pews of the churches, and they are dwelling on the things of the past. Who I used to be, what I used to do, how great I used to be, and how wonderful. Listen, when you start to get older, believe me, you'll start thinking about the things you were able to do before. <laughs> Amen? I mean, I got glasses on now, and when I go downstairs, I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> you know? 
It's not like it used to be. Man, I jumped down them things. Listen, it ain't happening anymore. <laughs> Pastor Blake says, hey, you want to go play basketball? I'm like, you know what, brother? I got stuff I got to do today. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm good and all. I mean, I'm stretched and I'm, I'm healthy, but it's not the same. It's not the same. I get tired of getting dunked on. I get tired. You know, all, all my life I've known this guy. He says, let's go play basketball. Can't you find somebody that can beat you? Why do you always have to have me there? Yeah, Pastor Dustin, you're laughing. You're the same. These guys, man, they, yeah, come on, Pastor Mark. Let's go, Mark. Let's go. We're going to go play, Mo. We're going to get some, let's go get some ball on down at the park. All right, I'm sitting there like this watching these guys play. You know, I can sit there all day and say, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a loser out here, man. You know, like Pastor Dylan says, you know, I, I can do this. Listen to me. I had to make myself get out there and participate. I had to learn that, you know, this guy likes to shoot that fadeaway corner shot, amen? I had to learn that Pastor Dustin's knee is going to hit me in the rib as he's fading away like Carl Malone and shooting that fadeaway shot. But I really had to learn that I wasn't going to stop it even if I tried. Yeah, once in a while I block a shot. Once in a while, oh, man, I remember the first time I got Pastor Blake, I blocked his shot. I didn't go in front of him to block it. I snuck behind him and grabbed it when he was back here. <laughs> Do you remember that? Well, it's been many times, but, you know. <laughs> Too many times in our life, let me tell you something. We are, we are dwelling on the past. We're dwelling on, on things that, that, you know, our dreams, what I wanted to be, what I thought I was going to be. Listen, you can't do anything about what you've already been through in your life. This, this verse continues to say, it says, do not dwell on the past. Verse 19 says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it, it asks. It says, do you not perceive? That's a question. I mean, you know, can you, can, you, can you not see that, you know, these things are getting you in trouble, that there's bondage here, but you need to go forward in this? And then it says, I am making a way in the desert and streams in the washland. And as I began to read that verse, I got to thinking, God, did you send me to the Phoenix to be in the desert? Lord, what's going on here? You know, there's many things that you can imagine, many things that you can, uh, you know, really uh, focus on being hurt with. You know, what, 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 have, what have I done? How, how did I get myself into this? Let me tell you something. In this particular scripture, you know, in Isaiah's writings to the church or to the children of Israel, in this passage of scripture, it came at a bare and a desolate time. It came at a time of their life when, you know, that place was hurting uh, and, and uh, they are in Babylonian captivity going on in this particular time of their life. And they've lost every single thing, everything in their lives that, that they thought to, or, or that they would keep forever. And I'm talking about where they felt the goodness of God. They, they knew the greatness. They knew the touch. They felt it. They understood it. And they had it in their hands. They walked in it. They lived it. It was awesome. And what do we have to do to embrace the new thing that God wants to do in our lives today? 
What is it that we have that we can embrace and say, you know what, there are bigger and greater, more powerful things that I could be involved in in my life. Hallelujah. Listen, all the things that we involve ourselves in are wonderful. But if you have not put God first in your life, if you have not, listen, you are, let me tell you something. These people, they felt the goodness. They understood it. They felt it. They lived it. And here again, they come and, and they were homesick for the land and the blessing that God had, had promised them. You understand that this morning? Homesick, being homesick. You ever been touched by God and it felt so wonderful? The presence of the Lord was on you and you just felt more saved than you've ever been in your whole life. And God, this week, how can I be feeling like this if I felt like that before? Amen? And you know, my wife and I, we look at each other sometimes. Here we go. We're going into the arena. I keep thinking of uh, Pastor Jones as he, he had that uh, boxing ring in, in his office, in, 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 the, in the office of the church. I said, we're going into the ring. It's going to be awesome. Who's going to show up today? But if you don't want yourself, uh, you will be caught up in dwelling on the things uh, of the failures of all the trials and all the problems uh, instead of just rejoicing and saying, Lord, uh, what is it that you have for me today? I remember a time Pastor Paul walks up to me. We were at the church there in Colorado Springs, and he says, uh, you know what? He says, these people need to know that this is a good day. Hallelujah, amen. It's a wonderful day. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what hurts. You know, your back might hurt, but listen, you need to smile and tell these people, this is discipleship. Not that I have a problem with that, but he was expressing that, you know, we are here to love the people. We're here to minister something that is alive. It's not dead. Amen. Is your God dead today or is your God alive? Say it. Let's say it together. My God is alive. One more time. Say it again. My God is alive. Well, then you need to act like he's alive. Amen. Come on now. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Glory to God. Praise God. There's a few things that I want to just go over real quick. There's a couple things in our lives we need to change. If we're going to quit looking back to our failures, if we're going to quit looking back to our problems, then we need to change the focus that we, we live by. Amen? If you want to see a deer out on the mountaintop, you've got those binoculars in your eyes, and you've got to adjust. There's got to be a focus. There's got to be a, a, a setting yourself uh, maybe in a different location. I'm not talking about going to some other church. Amen. But I'm saying uh, take yourself away from the way you're living your life right now and focus uh, on the things of God. Get involved with somebody who is godly. Amen. Get with somebody that's going to quote a scripture once in a while. Amen. It'll lift you up and it'll encourage you. And so we need to change our focus and we need to quit looking behind. As Pastor Blake said, you know, I'm kind of using what he said last night. Yeah, he says you have to turn away and turn to God. But many times we're looking back behind and we're looking at what we just left. And sometimes it's something wonderful. It's something, maybe it's riches. Maybe it's a, a past relationship. Maybe it's something great. And God's saying, you know what, you need to go that way now because that is bringing you down. But this is going to lift you up. Amen? And we got we to gotta learn this tonight, uh, this morning. Amen? So forget the past things, uh, the, the Bible says, and do not dwell on the past. We need to know that if we're continually looking backwards, if we're continually uh, fighting to find out how we're going to fix this uh, or how we're going to fix that, uh, we will never see where we are going. 
We will never be able to see out of those windshield wipers or out that windshield if we do not turn those windshield wipers on. Amen? My wife will tell me I like to drive in the rain. I don't use them very often. I just let them do their thing every once in a week or so. She says, can you turn those things on so I can see? I said, honey, you're not driving the car. You're laughing like you've experienced the same thing. I said, I'm driving this car. I, I don't need all those things going off in front of me. It makes me dizzy. She says, well, I can't see. I says, what is there to see? There's nothing to see. You just want to tell me what to do, don't you? So guess what I do? I put my foot down and I turn them on. That's what I do. Hallelujah. Quit looking backwards. Quit, quit dwelling on those things. Quit dwelling on your past, how you were raised as a child. Listen, I could stand here all day and tell you how I was raised all day long. I can tell you, you know, I've, I've been thumped in the head by a lot of people. Matter of fact, some of you in this place have thumped me in the head. I'm not going to look at them either. <laughs> Uncle Bill, I love you. But man, your days are coming, buddy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, thinking back like that can affect us. And especially we come to a place, a safe haven, a place called the church, the house of the Lord. We come into the presence of the Lord the most amazing, powerful presence that there is on this earth. And we come and we sit here and we allow those pasts to come into our life and destroy who God has called us to be. Oh, I can't serve over there because a fulano's over there or so-and-so's over there. This person's that and this person's that. No, listen, you want to know something? You, God will put you in a place where there's people you might not even like. He will put you there, and because of what you've been through, you, you might either get in a fight or you're just going to have to deal with it. Amen? <laughs> Glory to God. But I'm going to tell you, God will, God will do something brand new. So if we're going to ever go forward in life, we must learn that you cannot depend upon what's happened in the past. We cannot depend on victories, failures. We cannot depend on, on how wonderful it was or whatever the case might have been. The bottom line is, uh, listen, it will not sustain you. Forget the former things the Bible says. Hallelujah. You see, these children of Israel, they had many victories in their past. Leaving Egypt, uh, conquering the land of Canaan. They, they had many victories in their life. Many things had happened. They had tasted the goodness of God. Amen. And they could not dwell on these things, but now they are into captivity. <laughs> like a lot of Christians. You know, we've tasted the greatness of God, and now we're living in captivity. Because sin has got us bound. I'm telling you, thoughts, things that are kept a secret inside, that private life. As Pastor Dylan said, these things are holding us back from what God is expecting to do in our lives. Amen? So what we need in our life is a new work. We need a new, fresh commitment from God. We need, we need to make the commitment with God. God's already there. He's already said, I'm here for you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you, he says. But I'll guarantee you he's not going to go into the bar with you. He's not going to go and buy that, uh, you know, marijuana with you. Oh, well, that marijuana, it's, it's medical marijuana. Well, go on ahead and get your smoke on. Hallelujah, amen. 
Let me tell you something. You got to take a stand against that stuff. Take a stand. When is the Christian going to rise up and say, I bind it to, I take a, let me tell you something. We got to have picket lines all over the place. Amen. Instead, we're like, oh, no, we can't, we can't offend them. We can't offend those uh, Christians that are going, oh, they're coming from the mega churches going over and getting marijuana. Whoa, whoa. I know here in this church it doesn't happen. Ain't nobody here smoking marijuana. Huh. I remember a time we was in San Jose, Costa Rica, and we received the offering, and the plates went by. Plates went by. I went back to my office after the service. The, the counters were back there doing the work, and, and, and there's cocaine. There's cocaine, and there's marijuana in the offering. How are you going to react to that one? Well, some people be like, well, glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ain't nobody watching me. No, I'm going to tell you something. You say, well, I'm going to go out there and burn it. No, you're going to sniff it if you burn it. Glory to God. Get that thing and throw it down the toilet. Amen. Amen? But I'm going to tell you something. You'll be surprised what, what, you, what there's going on right here in this place. You'll be surprised what's going on in your own home. You'd be surprised what's holding your family back from receiving the total blessing that God has for you in your home. And all it takes is a relationship, first off, with God, and second of all, you building that family up to, to walk in the ways of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen? Praise God. So these people, they needed a, a new miracle. They needed a fresh touch. They needed God to manifest himself again. But the question isn't, what has God done? The real question today is, uh, you know, uh, it, it has to be, what is God doing in my life right now? What am I allowing God to do in my life right now? Am I just going through the walk? Am I just uh, uh, carrying a badge that says I'm a pastor? And No, what am I doing right now? And that's the wonderful thing about us coming together like this in a rally. Pastors come together. We get to encourage one another. I've been encouraged already since I've been here, amen? I mean, I've heard one message uh, uh, just last night and, and Pastor Dylan this morning, and I'm already refreshed, uh, ready to go home and judo chop the devil, glory to God, amen? That's what I'm excited about. Lord, not, not, not we've had to shut down five churches in Phoenix, not, not, you know, they, they kicked us out of the last place we were in because somebody else bought the building. And you know what? You know what the devil will do? Three buildings back. We had a beautiful building. When we got it, it was beautiful. It was nice. It was nice for us. Well, then they sold the building to us or to someone else. I wish it was to us. But they sold, it, they sold it to somebody else, and this new person who bought the building comes in, and they start fixing this building up. And they're doing this while we're in the building. Oh, man, they took all the beautiful lights outside and took them all off and put beautiful, beautiful lights outside, sconces inside. And, I mean, they just began to paint the building, began to put brick up on the wall halfway up. I mean, it just looked gorgeous. Looks like something Brenda would have uh, decorated. I'm telling you something. Beautiful. And I'm thinking, my goodness, uh, they, you know, this is nice. And then they come in, they start uh, moving walls, get the building back, back in the back. They're putting sprinklers in there. Jerry knows. He, Pastor Jerry, he was there. He was helping. Pastor Marshall, Pastor Dustin, they came and helped us build walls in that place. Yeah, oh, we'll just knock this one down. And, uh, no, don't knock it down. 
We work so hard to do this. We, we, we put so much work and effort into this. And the devil, he will come in and he'll poke you and he'll begin to turn and he'll begin to twist and he'll begin to just rip you apart. And he'll get you to a point when you're down here. And when you're saying to yourself, how am I going to ever get up? How can I be authority? How can I stand strong on the word of God? If I'm the one that is laying on my back. Well, because I have a strong wife, amen? Thank God for the good wives. Thank God for them wives that stand with you. Thank God for them wives who aren't afraid to offend you. Thank God for that woman that will stand up and tell you, you know what, you shouldn't have done that, or maybe you should have did this, or, you know, I mean... I'll just take this opportunity to say sometimes, sometimes it's a little bit annoying. <laughs> just forget I said that, okay, hon? <laughs> but every word that comes from my mouth from this pulpit is anointed today by God. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. You get down to the bottom. You get down where even the tears, you feel like the tears aren't being heard. You know, the Lord, that, my jar of tears is full. It's full. You say, well, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and throw the towel in. I'm already a fool. There's no more can go in, so I'm done. Pastor Paul. <laughs> no. No. Listen, that devil's going to keep working no matter what I do or how I do it. That devil's going to keep doing what he said he's going to do. Amen. Listen, if he's going to rebel against God, imagine what he wants to do to you. He was at the highest of the highest. He was the best of the best. He was gifted. He was anointed. And let me tell you something. He turned his back on our almighty God. And don't you think he's going to do the same to you? We said, okay, well, let's go. We'll do this. My wife gets on the phone. She calls around. Oh, okay, some bed and breakfast says, you guys can come on in and have service. We're like, woo, praise God. Oh, well. Tell us we had to move Victorian tables, Victorian chairs, uh, beautiful china sitting out on all the tables. I mean, we're scared to death. Every service, come in, move it. Listen, we're not the first ones. We're not reinventing anything. We know this is what you have to do sometimes. We're coming in there. We're working. We're pounding, man. I'm telling you what, God is just helping us, giving us strength to do it. And we're moving these chairs. Nothing got broke, thank God. But here comes some teenager, doesn't even come to the church. Some teenager comes flying around the corner, went out and took his mama's car, and he just, he, you know, he, he flies around the corner, downtown Glendale Boulevard, if you've ever been there, he hits one of these old historic buildings. And that's where we were. His car hit the post right in front of our church. That was our church. That wasn't a bed and breakfast. That was our church. This is where God is changing lives. This is where God is healing people. People's lives are being transformed in this place. And this young kid, I'm telling you what, I wish I could have thumped him a little bit, but I didn't. I get a call at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, Pastor, I just seen on the news that there was a, a, a car just ran into our building. I'm saying, oh, no, no, we haven't got a call from the owners. I don't think it was ours. No, I, I just let it go. We'll see you in the morning. Glory to God. Be there early just in case, I said. We all get there early, and sure enough, yellow tape everywhere, all the parking meters and posts out in front, gone, everything just blown right out of the concrete. 
had service in there a couple more weeks. And you know what? We, we got a little taste of, uh, you know, back behind here was a bar, a little tiny bar behind us for the bed and breakfast. And, you know, they had the tabs, you know, there for the beer and all that. Not a big deal. It was over there. I kind of preached over here. I wondered why half the church is going... I'm saying, all right, God, this is all right. They come to us and they say, okay, now you guys have to get out because they're shutting the building down. They didn't condemn the building, but they told us that we couldn't be in it any longer and that everybody in the whole complex had to get out because there's structural damage, very bad structural damage to the building. You could go up into one of the, 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 the historic rooms that this place had, and you could literally look down the side of the wall and see three inches of outside air. That's how bad this was. So we're like, okay, and she's getting off the phone with the lady after she told her, and, and uh, she goes, well, wait a minute. Just hold on a second. She says, let me call you right back. She goes, and she, she, she calls her, the owner of the building, and she says, let me, uh, she says uh, can they come over? And they own a steakhouse right around the corner. And it's not on the main road, but it's back a ways. It's, it's, it's a nice steakhouse, very well-known steakhouse. Uh, and right next to it is a pizza bistro, which they own that also, which, which means pizza and beer. And then right next to that, they have a, a, a playground area where they have the checkerboards painted in the ground and everything's oversized, checker pieces and all those games. You throw the beanbags. I don't know what they call that stuff. I end all that. They said, let me tell you something. We have this area over here on the other side of the cigar lounge that you guys could use. It's got a carport on it. And I'm, right away, we're thinking, Costa Rica, Pura Vida, Donde Está El Gallo Pinto, Pollo en Salsa. Ooh, que rico, huh? And here we're thinking, I was talking to the Spanish people there for a minute, Amen. I said, well, you know, she says, great, wonderful. They said, we'll give you the same price. We'll let you guys come over and have service outside. Well, if you don't know anything about Phoenix, you know, it gets about 120 degrees here in about two months. Amen? So we've been having church there. But the problem is, is all of their banners and all of the things that are there, you might have seen them on Instagram. Pastor Paul showed it at the home church. Uh, but, you know, there's big signs that say, uh, uh, must be 21 to enter the beer garden. I'm preaching from the pulpit. We got, I mean, I'm standing there on this concrete floor and I'm preaching and people are coming from the restaurant because they hear the word of God being preached. They hear the word of God being ministered. Hallelujah. Listen, this is not about us. This is not about my family. This is about God is going to do what God is going to do. Hallelujah. Amen. If you will be willing to go where God will send you to go. I had no idea I would be preaching in a beer garden. I got the smoke. I mean, you see the movies where the smoke from the cigars comes out of the crack of the window. Listen, it's no joke, man. This stuff's happening while I'm preaching. People are walking out with their big mugs of beer, and they're walking around the corner like this and just standing there. When I'm preaching, and I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, Lord, my wife's going... And you know, as a preacher, I want to say something. I want to say, have some respect for God and put that beer down. Pour it out. I want, to, I want the uh, spirit of Abe to come on me real quick. Amen? I want, to, I want to just deal with these people. But, you know, there's a love that God puts in our heart. 
to be able to accept people for who they are. Amen? And you want to know what's happening? These people are going back to the owners of this restaurant, and they're saying, man, man, this is amazing. This is so convicting. I'm standing here drinking a beer in a bar, and I am hearing the word of God being preached from a pulpit, and it has convicted me. Woo! Glory to God. You know, that would open your eyes. We have no idea what God has in store for us. We don't know. I don't, I don't have, I mean, if they're tears, they're happy tears. Because we have seen God do more in just a couple of months where we are now and, and where we were in that bed and breakfast. We've seen God heal cancer. We've seen God uh, touch lives. Uh, we've seen people come in and give their lives to Jesus Christ. I've even been pronounced father. Hallelujah. One guy came in and got saved. I've been in touch with him. And every time he says goodbye, he says, thank you so much, Father. <laughs> but you want to know something? This is a guy that my kids, Mallory and Landon, when he was in town, they met at a Super Bowl party, a friend of Mallory's from work. They met him. Turns out Landon left, came back home here, and Landon had been in contact with this young man, David. And David calls me one day when he came to the church and got saved. The man wrapped his arms around me and would not let me go. I was, I was like, dude, I got to go talk to some more people. And he's like, let me just hug you one more time. I'm like, all right, let me hug you. And I'm a huggy guy. I mean, I'll hug you, you know. But, okay, I got to. He's grabbed me again. He said, thank you so much. I gave my life to Jesus. He was excited. He says, he says you might not know this, but Landon's been in contact with me. Inviting me to go to church. All the way from Denton, Texas, he's been inviting him to come to our church in Phoenix. Amen? And the young man came and gave his life to Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, with all the worries in the Father's mind, I'm telling you something. There's a reason to shout. There's a reason to shout because God is getting the glory in the midst of the trial. Hallelujah. God is getting the glory, I said, in the midst of the trial. Hallelujah. Your trial might be big. Your problem might be crazy. But God is in the middle of your storm. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Oh, praise God. I'm going to tell you something. We need to wake up, church. We need to wake up and realize that it's greater than you and I are. Amen? God has got a special plan in our lives. What is it that you want God to do in your life right now? What is it that you have uh, that's a burden in your life? What is it? What are you asking God for? What are you telling God you need in your life? Uh, you know, you cannot allow your past failures to possess you. And if you're not careful, those past failures will possess you. They will control you, and they will destroy you. Listen to me. I, I'm standing here to tell you the honest to God's truth. We are excited to go to church, amen? We don't know what God's going to do, but we know he's going to do something, amen? We know he's going to pour out his spirit upon the people. Glory to God. You see, the children of Israel, they had failed God miserably. They failed pretty bad. And it was a big deal for them. And every time uh, he blessed them with good things, they returned to him with evil. Every single time. It just is the way it happened. They came back to him with evil things. Remember when God gave them the temple, what did they do? <laughs> they gave him idol worship. 
Here he gives them the temple, and now they're worshiping idols. They're taking this the opposite way. He gave them the truth, and they live, and they uh, 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 proclaimed a lie is what they did. They began to go against everything that God had done for them, went against the blessing, and that's exactly what happened. He gave them himself, and they gave him nothing except for rejection. Now, this is a very serious thing. Amen? Listen, our God, he, he, he will get you, amen? But Israel did not deserve to receive anything from God. Yet at the same time, when we look at the story, God still loved them, and he earnestly wanted to help them change their life. Now, I want you to notice what it says. This is how merciful our God is. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. He said, see, I am doing a new thing in your life. That means wherever you are, he's doing a new thing in your life. You say, well, this isn't where I want to be. Well, guess what? Where you are, he's doing a brand new thing in your life. Where you are, that trial, that tribulation, he's doing a new thing in your life. And he's got a new thing for you. He's got a better thing for you. Did you hear what I said? I said, it's better, and it's better, and it's better. Glory to God. He was not condemning them for their past. They could do nothing to change that. They couldn't change a thing of it. Instead, God was holding out the hand of hope, and, and he is, in, in effect, saying, forget about your past. I'm giving you this opportunity right now to start all over in your life. And that's the great thing that we have with God, is he says, I'm giving you a brand new start right now. Amen? And it's even, you know, salvation. We know that when we give our life to Jesus Christ, we start a brand new life. We're born again. All things are washed away. Glory to God, the Bible says. Amen. Matter of fact, it says it's thrown so far away that you'll never see it. He says, I'll never bring it up. I'll never remember it again. But we're sitting here holding on to these things that God's already delivered us from. Amen. Hold on to your testimony. Hold on to what God has done in your life. And let God manifest his power and show you the way to make it to heaven. Glory to God. Isaiah 55, 7 says, let the wicked forsake this way, his way. And the evil man, his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will freely pardon. He says he will freely pardon. Now one thing we have to understand about this is this is clear. It says let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how rotten your attitude has gotten. Because how many know that our attitude can get bad when things aren't going our way? And it's almost like a kid that you tell you can't have a cookie. Amen. It's both feet up, slamming on the ground, throwing themselves all over the place. You and I, we act that way. Imagine if we could see the way, thing, the way God sees things. He says, man, you're a selfish dude. You are a greedy person. You are this. You are that. Can you imagine? But those are the things that are happening. You cannot live on yesterday's faith. We can't live on yesterday's faith. The children of Israel have experienced great spiritual blessings throughout their history. Many things that, that they did from, uh, to conquering the land of, of Canaan. They, I mean, one thing from the next. We can go through it. Uh, we can read it all day long, uh, but we don't have time for that this morning. Amen. Yet their faith in what God had done was doing nothing to deliver them from their present situation. Listen to this. Their old faith. It wasn't sufficient enough to deliver them from all of their present problems. The old faith. 
I said, what God already did for them wasn't good enough for what they were going through right now. You see, God wants us to look. Uh, you know, they needed new faith, a new vision for what God could only do in their life. And I am, I am just so blessed to be a part of this fellowship, Pastor Paul and Emily. I am so blessed to be a part of this team. Whether I'm here, there, over there, or this or that, I don't care where it is. I'll scrub the toilets. Glory to God. Let me tell you something. I am so blessed to be a part of what God is doing. And I'm not talking about a fake vision. I'm not talking about a made-up vision. I'm talking about a revivalist vision. Glory to God. Where souls are being won. Where lives are being changed. Where bodies and sick bodies are being healed. Amen. Where God is manifesting his power in our services. Amen. Listen, it's a priceless ministry. We could not afford to pay for what we have in this ministry. Great leaders like Pastor Paul and Emily and all of our home church pastors, I'm telling you something, we are blessed to have that. And I'm bringing this back to what I mentioned at the very beginning, how there's a 600-pound horse and an 800-pound horse. Do you realize that if we would stand together as a fellowship and a church, I know that at any given time of the day, I could call Pastor Blake. And I could tell him we can tease each other, laugh, have a good time. One of my best friends, uh, I'm telling you something, we can have the greatest time ever. But if I'm going through something, I can say to him, brother, I'm a mess right now. I need your prayers. Matter of fact, there's times he'll call me and I don't, he don't even know what's going on. He's like, uh, you know, do you need to talk? Just a couple weeks ago, he calls me up. He says, hey, do you, do you need to talk about anything? You need anything? You need to say anything? I said, I got a lot to say, dude. Pastor Blake, I got a lot to say, but I'm not going to feed the devil. I'm not going to feed him, and I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be excited. I'm going to let God do what he's going to do. And he spoke a word into my life, and I received it, and I believed it, and I know it's true, amen. I know that any given time, you know, Pastor Marshall calls me every so often, and it's just a word of encouragement. How's the church doing? Let me tell you what God's doing here. Man, I'll tell you what, that kind of stuff lifts you up. Talked to Pastor Josh not too long ago, and I'm telling you what, they're excited about what God's doing in their church. And, you know, I'm listening to this stuff. These people tell me they're great testimonies. I'm not discouraged. I'm not saying, <laughs> how can God do that for you and not for me? I'm not saying, you know, well, uh, you know, this and that. Well, you, you, know, you see a revival going on in your church. Why aren't we seeing something? You know, if you ask that question, they'd probably say, you know what, maybe you're the problem. I was born at night, but not last night. I ain't asking that question. <laughs> Amen? I would rather hear what the good things you got to say. I would rather hear about what God is doing because guess what? When God is doing that in your church, whoo, hallelujah. When God is doing that in Colorado, I'm telling you something. I'm, I just know that he's doing it in Arizona. Hallelujah. When he's doing it in Texas, uh, when he's in Colorado Springs moving, uh, I said, oh, Lord, your wind is going to blow this way. Come on, Lord. Don't wait any longer, Lord. We get in there. We sing. We shout. We have church. Amen. We worship God. We praise the Lord. My wife says, how do you, how do you have so much strength? How can you do this? I said, don't ask me again because I don't know. <laughs> but it's God. It's God. That's all we have is God. We have God, and if you're with God, then you're with us. Amen? And I'm trying to tell you this tonight, this morning. Your relationship with people is important. 
You matter. You might be that 600-pound horse. Now, don't take that personal. You might be that 800-pound horse. But when you stand together, when you hold hands, oh, I'm telling you, when you lock in, Many stories. You know, the Tower of Babel, you know, God gave them everything that they wanted. Listen, it was, they had a language. They were talking. They were communicating. And everything was good. Everything was the way they loved it. They could talk about things that nobody else would understand. Everybody got that same language and understood it. But guess what God did? Came in and took it out. Because sometimes we get twisted and sideways. And God isn't going to bless that. He's not going to bless that. We have to get back to a place where we are relying on God 100%. We don't rely on man. We're not relying on man. Listen, we don't have the strength. We don't have the power. We don't even have the anointing to do it ourselves. But with God, all things are possible. Oh, I said with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God for that. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Come on, church, stand up to your feet right now. Let's just praise him for a minute. I want you to thank God for all that he's done for you. Just put your hands up right now and just give him praise. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory, Lord. We thank you for what you've done in our lives, Lord. We thank you for saving us, first of all, God. Lord, thank you for using us in a mighty way, for allowing us to minister your word, God. We thank you, Lord, for putting us in a place where we can be taught, where we can be spoken into, Lord, where we can be formed and molded, God. Lord, touch the lives of your people today. Lord, those that are hurting in this place. Lord, those that are desperate for change in their life, I pray, God, that this would be the moment of their life. This would be the changing point of their life right now. Touch them now. Touch them now. Touch them now. I pray for every sick body in this place. I pray for every mind that is tormented right now in the name of Jesus. I bind every lie of the enemy. I bind that suicidal spirit. I bind that spirit of loneliness right now. Oh, come on, church. Lift your voice. Just thank him right now. Come on, thank him. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you're worthy, God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you so much. Pastor Blake, who's? I'm done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many is encouraged this morning? Amen. We had three awesome messages. Amen. We got two more to go. We're going to take a quick break and come back in here at 11, 11.05. Amen. We're going to pray over the, the snacks and then be released. Father, we just give you all the prayer.